0: This is Self Starter. Welcome to Self Starter Season 2. This is a podcast that highlights the small business owners, the self employed, and freelancers who have taken the plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast, and I play bass in the Australian metal band Lord. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can go over to selfstarter.com.au, where you can learn more about yours truly, as well as anything and everything to do with the self-employment world. This episode is with Mishka Bobrov of Bondi Heat. Now, Mishka is new to the world of self-employment and small business. Over the years, he's bounced around from job to job, but recently he found himself in an unexpected moment where his father had tried some of Mishka's homemade olive oil, of all things, and saw an opportunity. He encouraged Mishka to pursue and create a business around something that his father saw was actually quite marketable. Luckily for Mishka, this was the moment to escape from the past several years of working in various security roles, and it's led him on a path to start something that would truly spark a passion for him. We only spoke a few weeks into the launch of the company. Of course, things at the time were looking bright and optimistic. Like any business, however, there'll be ups and downs. But the good thing with Mishka is that he's got this really close and solid network of friends and family who believe in him and are also hands-on with the support and the running of the business. In a market these days that's saturated in hot sauces, Mishka's looking to use the momentum of the market to create a point of difference with Bondi Heat, where chili-infused olive oil is the staple and flavor is the focus. To learn more about Mishka and Bondi Heat, check out bondiheat.com.au, as well as the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au. For now, though, please enjoy this great chat with Mishka Bobrov of Bondi Heat.
1: My name's Mishka Bobrov. Um, I'm born and raised, obviously, in Bondi Beach. Uh, The business is called Bondi Heat, and we launched... Ooh, only only recently, the 19th of May, was the official launch.
0: Oh, yeah, We have uh, hit one month yet.
1: No, no, it's a brand new, we're just, we're just a baby still, but it seems like it was the right time because it looks like people have been waiting for something like this to come in because, you know, I started with almost half a room at my parents' old place full of stock and after the first day, we dropped down to about 14 bottles of each product left. So it's, it's definitely good timing for us and it's good timing for everyone. And yeah, it's just great that we can finally get out there after, you know, we, we've been planning this for about a year. Those was the, the original recipes came from just me in my kitchen and I was, so sick of getting just you know your average branded hot sauce and you know when you put a couple of drops of whatever into your meal the whole meal will taste like that hot sauce you know and it it just wasn't worth it anymore so i decided look i'm going to start creating something from my own ingredients that I cook with every day. You know, I use chili, I use garlic and I use olive oil. So how can I come up with something that I can answer all my problems? And then I'll never have to worry about going to the store and rifling through hundreds of thousands of different hot sauces that are all full of vinegar, salt, carbohydrates, you know, whatever. And I can just be happy with one product. And that's how it started, just in my own kitchen.
0: Well, I usually ask, you know, what people were doing leading up to that decision to become self-employed, but I guess a quick question before I get into that is, I mean, have you always had that fascination of, of cooking and, and find that interest in food? Has that always been since an early age?
1: Actually, yeah. I mean, I moved overseas when I was 22 um, and I came from a pretty coddled life. Like I come from a very small, very, very connected very close family so it was grandparents over every day you know cousins over all the time aunties and everyone would cook and that's just you know how you how you bond in, in a like a Russian family like mine so I never really grew up learning how to cook because it was always there you know there was always somebody there cooking or some party going on but when I moved moved overseas I I realized oh okay nobody's gonna do this for me so <laughs> I have to I had to scramble and just start buying things and figuring it all out for myself. I mean, I always, always had a pretty good pretty good nose and, you know, pretty good palate. So I knew what would work and what wouldn't work. And then it was just, you know, trial and error after that.
0: What sort of things have you been doing before you've sort of made this decision to to sort of venture out and create your own business? I mean, what, what sort of background or what sort of different types of jobs have you had over the years?
1: So as, as you know, I'm, I'm a musician, so I've been playing music uh, since I was uh, five years old. That's all I ever really wanted to do was to play music. And um, as we all know, there's no money in music, especially for us local bands. So I had to, you know, find some blue collar work to pay the bills. So for the last, let's uh, say three or four years, I was in security. So I started off as a bouncer in the pubs and clubs around Sydney, and then I took a liking to it, and I was I was good at it, and I eventually went on to become uh, security uh, in five-star hotels and the restaurants and clubs in there, and you know it it was good for what it was, um, but it's not what I wanted to do, you know. Um, After I left the clubs and the hotels. I swapped the suit for a like tactical belt and, you know, cargo pants and was doing security but in a car driving around Sydney all night, um, checking on properties. I was doing, you know, between 12 to 14 hour shifts hmm. four times a week, um, breaking my back. And that was when I realized, I was like, I can't do this forever. There's no way I can um, I can pursue my career as a musician, but be doing these giant hours every week, it
0: just, you know, wasn't worth it in the end. So I took a risk. in that type of work, I mean, there's a lot of time, obviously you've got to be alert and, and do the job itself, but there's a lot of time to sort of reflect and think as well. Did you, I mean, what sort of period of time was it where you sort of, I, I guess, sort of made that transition where you started to really sort of seriously think about, well, I, I need to make a, I need to make a change here. And, and was there a lot of planning that, that sort of led up to that change?
1: Um, yes and no I mean the the initial um, spark to start this company didn't actually come from myself you know I had not in my wildest dreams you know if you told me a year ago that I'd be owning my own company making chili infused olive oil I, yeah. I, I think you were talking about somebody else you know it just sounds ludicrous but the way it happened was that like I was already in that state of mind like I can't do this anymore I don't want to do this anymore it's, it's killing me and I had this product that I just kind of created for myself and was just sitting in my kitchen and um, it, it happened with me giving it to my mates when they came over for, for a feed or you know my my family and stuff like that and I when I did give some to my friends, they'd be like, "Man, this is actually really good stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, I know. That's why I made it. You know, I, I'm sick of the, I'm sick of the hot sauce." And they were like, "Yeah, well, this is this is actually pretty interesting. We, I haven't had this before." I was like, "Oh yeah, all right, no worries. I'm glad you like it." And then I gave some to my dad. When I gave some to my dad, he was like, "You've got you've got something here." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I've been in, I've owned my own company for 23 years, and I'm telling you that you have a good product." I'm like, do you think I can start a company around this? And he goes, Trust me, we're going to do this together. So it was because of him, and and it was like I said, it's all about the timing. It was just perfect, you know. We just just exploded with ideas, and we're like, Okay, I've got this idea. I've got ideas for these flavors. I've got ideas, you know, for packaging. And then it just, you know, evolved from that.
0: What sort of um, emotions did you have around that time? Because obviously there would have been a lot of excitement and having your dad there with that sort of, you know, a, a couple of decades of experience in owning his own business as well, that would have been an exciting moment. But did you have, did you have other types of emotions? Like were you, were you sort of a little bit hesitant or a, a bit a bit worried or sort of reluctant to take any any sort of steps to begin with? Or was it sort of just riding, riding that wave of, uh, of excitement?
1: Oh man, it was an absolute roller coaster. Like at first... When he told me that I would start a company, I was like, oh, hell yeah, absolutely, let's do this. But I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Like, I I didn't realize what it took to run a company. I knew what it was like to be a manager of a company or, you know, the two IC for a team of security guards. But being the guy that makes all the calls and being the guy that has to organize everything and keep everybody in line, that was, yeah, I, I really did not did not realize how much actually went into it. Um, So like I said, at the beginning, I was like, yeah, absolutely no worries. And then all the stuff started coming in, like things started falling into place. And I was like, okay, I'm getting kind of worried, you know, can I do this? Am I, am I in over my head? That was, that was my thought, like every day, am I in over my head? And lucky I had my dad with all this experience. And he was like, no, you're fine. Don't worry, We're, we're doing it this way. Trust me, follow my lead. I know what I'm doing. I was like, all right, no worries. You know, sometimes I thought he had great ideas. Sometimes I thought he had terrible ideas. But (laughs) I mean, look where we are now. We're in the um, not even a month in and it's just kind of organically spreading. And, you know, I've kind of hit my stride with it, I think. And there's such a long way to go, obviously. But I'm feeling a lot more comfortable about everything now. Still kind of surreal, but one, one step at a time, one day at a time.
0: Of course. Um, I mean, going back to some of those sort of moments where you thought, oh, geez, I, I wasn't expecting this and sort of out, of out of your comfort zone and getting a bit worried, were there particular things or particular challenges that you had personally, um, especially when you mentioned before, this has sort of been a year in the making, so there's there must have been a lot of prep work, a lot of preparation behind the scenes. Were there sort of particular things that you found personally challenging for yourself, any particular parts of the process?
1: Um. I've always been a pretty optimistic person and I'm, I'd like to think of myself as quite mentally strong. So in that respect, I was always kind of like, you know, in my, in my element when it came to leadership and stuff like that, like I'm, I'm okay with that kind of stuff, but it's the more intrinsic details that can throw me off. Like for example, we had to source an industrial kitchen, And I didn't know the first thing about that. So I was like, if I didn't have my dad, that would have been the end of the company before it even started. Mm. You know, I would have, I would have called around a few places and I would, I would have been like, Hey, can I use your kitchen? And then there probably would have been all these legal things that I had to go through and stuff like that, that. I would have absolutely no idea how to approach. So the technical aspect of it, not so much the preparation of the product, not so much telling people what to do, but the really important stuff, all, all the legalities of it, that was that was probably the biggest challenge up up till now. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some bigger things coming, but hopefully I'll be a bit more prepared.
0: Well, I guess, I mean, part of the, I guess the silver lining of being self-employed is that, and there's pros and cons to it, of course, but, you know, you, you do learn as you go and Sometimes uh-huh. you do make mistakes, which that's that can be definitely be the cons of uh, of being self employed because it's all on you. But you can learn very quickly because you know you you have very few other people around you that you can really rely on, and you it's a very small, yeah. close knit group of people, and so you all sort of share the load and you you experience things firsthand, which is which which just means that things move and grow a lot quicker. One of the things I found really fascinating about the business was. Hot sauce in general seems to be such a massive thing at the moment. It's this big trend. There's yeah. a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon with hot sauce. There's a lot of great stuff out there. It's exciting. And it's sort of uh, they've been able to sort of feed in that product into a very sort of exciting sort of culture and demographic um, that people are sort of jumping on board with. And, when, yeah, and to be honest. I'm
1: definitely swimming up current. <laughs>
0: yeah, but, uh, and to be honest, when I saw your business. That's what I initially thought it was. I thought, Oh, okay. He's doing hot sauce. And then I looked I go, no, it's not. It's, it's actually not. And I think that at least from my point of view is a real point of difference that you have. And yes, you might be swimming upstream a little bit because there is a rush going in another direction, but I think that's what makes people stand out as well. And so it's, it is that point of difference. And so I guess for you, I mean, just to extend on what you said earlier, um, Obviously, there was a, a real sort of want to go down that that sort of oil path rather than a than a hot sauce path. But had you had you sort of weighed up whether this was the right thing to do as far as creating some sort of you know hot food based product?
1: I never thought twice about it. As soon as people were telling me, I was like, "You've got something good here." I absolutely ran with it. You know, like, like I said, i I'm such a big fan of spicy food. I will always order extra chili on everything that I eat. You know, i i bought I bought my fair share of hot sauce, but I'm so sick of it. Yeah, not because it tastes bad, but because there's no real difference. There's nothing that really stands out for me anymore. It could be, look, I might have burnt my palate off with all the spicy food that I've had, but I find not just it's not it's not like a, it's not a marketing thing. It's literally a flavor thing. I use the most premium products I can get my hands on, you know. And it's it's one of those things where the product should really speak for itself. You know, that's why I've developed three different flavors because each flavor is unique. Each flavor tastes different. You can really taste the difference between the Carolina Reaper, you can taste the difference between the peri peri and the chipotle you know, they all stand out. And that was something that I was like, ah, oh, okay. if I don't feel like Carolina Reaper today, I can have one of the other two, you know, because it, there is a, a whole new flavor profile. And, uh, I think there are people that are now starting to realize that, you know, that a lot of people will buy hot sauce for the novelty of it because mm. they'll have a really cool label or they will be, you know, chili extract where it'll be like 4 million scoville units and it's just you know <laughs> yeah. more potent than than riot police pepper spray you know so i've tried to develop something where you can enjoy it not just as a condiment but you can enjoy it as a base you can enjoy it as a marinade it's the three ingredients man chili oil and garlic you, how can you go wrong
0: I mean, it's, it really makes the product quite flexible and it, and then it can tailor for a a wide range of people. And, and I mean, you sort of used the word before and sort of my little, I'll use it as a segue, but you know, from a marketing point of view, and you're only a few weeks into the, the whole thing, but I guess leading up to the launch and putting yourself out there into the public domain. And, you Uh know, you look at the photos of your products, they're, they're very sleek. They're very professional. They look great. They're appealing on the eye, just, you know, just from the packaging alone, um, but obviously you've got substance and quality behind it as well. And it's well thought out, but I mean, what sort of, what sort of approach have you taken from with your marketing point of view? Have you sat down and planned this in advance as far as how you're going to approach it when you first launch the product or is it something that you sort of learn as you go?
1: Um, the best way I can explain it is that a premium quality product deserves premium quality content. Hmm. You know, it's, it's all about my product. It's not about me and it's not about where it comes from. It's literally about the product. So, I have one guy who I trust with my life when it comes to this stuff, who I've known since high school. He's got his own company called Bezier. His name's Eurus. He does all of my uh, content, he does all my filming, he does all the editing, everything. And, you know, the photos really speak for themselves. Uh, when you look at them that just absolutely gorgeous, he nails it every time we've just received um the latest uh, i don't want to give anything away yet, but he we're definitely moving away from the standard marketing style you know when we we're, we're we're treating this like it's absolutely top shelf because it is you know there's we, we, have no, we haven't taken any shortcuts, uh, but when it comes to the marketing and when it comes to creating that content, we think of who are we, um, who are we, what's the word I'm looking for? Who are we, who are we trying to sell this product to? Mm. Who are we marketing towards? What's our target demographic? Yeah. And it always comes back to the same thing. It's It's our community. We want everyone to try this. We want everyone to love it. We come from we come from Bondi. Our kitchen is in Bondi, so all our photos will be taken in and around Bondi Beach. Um, and when we when we meet up to go for a shoot, I'll, I'll, it's usually me or that comes up with the kind of thick of it. Like I'll come up with like the the basic idea, and then it's all up to Eurus to he molds it. So I give him a piece of clay, and he'll sculpt it into these incredible photos that you can see all over our Instagram and uh, all over our website.
0: Where did you, yeah. where did you learn to, I mean, this is, it might be a very sort of simple way of asking this, so forgive me, but where did you, uh-huh. where did you learn to sort of, I guess, have the awareness to go, I need to surround myself with other people. I need to get expertise. Cause a lot of people out there take, Great pride, but sometimes get a little bit delusional and think that they can do mm-hmm. it all themselves. And obviously, you've made that distinction, and and I've written it down as you said it. You wrote like premium quality product deserves premium quality content. So you've established this standard that you're going to measure yourself against. But have have you always sort of had that awareness that you know you you want to surround yourself with people that can get the job done to a level that you expect?
1: Uh, okay, so what I do is I. I built this company to be a community-based company. I want this to be as far away from corporate as possible. I want this to be transparent. I want people to be able to, um, essentially see themselves working with this company. Um, I want to, I want to get into like the other local companies and do crossovers and cross promotion, because I believe it's all about that. Mm. Um, when it comes to building, um, my perception on how this company should be run the first people i go to are my friends so for example the guy that does all my photos he's one of my oldest mates from from school you know and it goes beyond that it's just my my kind of daily life sort of thing my electrician one of my old mates from school we go forward driving together my locksmith the same thing go to high school together so i'll always call upon my friends first when I need anything done, and they will always have the right, um, the right answers for me, and they'll have the best ideas, and we just collaborate and we work together, and we we essentially mold our ideas together and come up with this kind of stuff. So, in short, it's it's all about the community for me.
0: Definitely, definitely um, having that sort of level of trust. And deep, uh-huh. and deep sort of uh, connection with people that you've known for, for quite a few years definitely gives you uh, a great strength, a great advantage to be able to launch something that's very important to you, to be able to surround you know, yourself with trustworthy people that you've, that you've got that relationship with.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: What was that first sale like? Can you remember or can you recall exactly like that first, that first bottle or that first order that's come <laughs> through and what that was and what it felt like?
1: He actually hung out with him today. Oh, cool! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the first the first official sale that came through our website, um, it it was just like I was sitting on the computer when it when it came up, uh, and I was like, "Oh, here we go!" <laughs> and I was like, uh, it, "It's still surreal, man." Every, every time I, I get an email saying you have a new order, I'm like. Really? Like, you sure? Like, do you trust me enough? All right. And I always tell people, um, I, if if I'm connected with them on social media, I'll, I'll try and message every single person personally. Like, dude, thank you so much. I can't wait. I, w- I want to know your thoughts. Uh, please let me know. You know, anything that you would change, anything that you that you love, whatever. Um, because that's that's what I care about. I care about how the people perceive the product. They care about how people, um, experience it. You know, I always give them some advice, like shake the bottles up so you can lift all the chili from the bottom and stuff like that. Um, so it's still, it's still like so weird <laughs> that this has even happened in a, but I mean, this is it. This is what I what I what I wanted to do, even before I realized I wanted to do it. Because I'm getting so much joy out of all the messages that I'm getting from people going, "Dude, this is this is incredible! I can't believe no one's done this before." So I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> I'll, I'll milk it.
0: Oh, fantastic! Oh, I, I reckon it's great. And I mean, even just I'm sure you've had similar feelings, you know, being a musician as well when someone. You know, takes interest or you know buys buys some of your music or supports you in some way, and you're like, oh, it's just like yeah. a little bit of, little bit of validation that oh, this is a fantastic feeling where somebody's interacting with you in in such a positive way, and and I can yeah, certainly I so. yeah, I can so certainly imagine those types of feelings that you'd have every time an order comes through, something that you've been working so hard uh-huh. towards as well. Um, with these orders that you've been getting initially where's the interest initially coming from? Is it coming from the local area in Bondi or are you finding that there's, it's a little bit widespread and there's some people in some unexpected places that are showing interest? I mean, it's it's early days, of course, but what's what's the feeling at the moment?
1: Um, So what I've noticed is that it's, it's quite, um, it's quite centralized. Most, I think about 99% of our orders are either from New South Wales or Victoria. Hmm. And, that might be because um, there's a bit of a following, like this. You know how Melbourne is now, like the music capital of the country, or whatever. Some saying the, the world now, but culture follows trend, right? Or trend follows culture, whichever way you want to see it. Yeah. And um, it could be it could be people that are now trying to start something else, or people trying to get away from from a trend, or or whatever, but I found that, yeah, it's, it's either Sydney or, or not Sydney, but New South Wales or Victoria where all my orders are going to at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think, uh, I think I've sent one to Perth, um, one to Cairns, um, uh, nothing to Darwin yet or any, anything like that. But who, you know, like, like you said, we're still only a few weeks in. So, hopefully we take over the world right
0: yeah for sure (laughs) well it's promising so far
1: and i guess yeah uh, yeah
0: i guess look it's all it's all smiles at the moment and no doubt it's you know every day brings its brings its challenge and you're sort of learning as you go and you've got and you do have this great support system around you of family and friends and people that you trust but i mean what, what are some of the sort of next uh, next steps that you're going to have to conquer? What are some of the next sort of potential challenges that you're going to have to face in the coming months with, with the product and the brand and things that you're going to have to sort of get out of your comfort zone a little bit with?
1: Well, so I had a meeting about that today, um, with some really cool people. Um, we, are trying to organize something that could really put us on the map. Um, it's still early days, so you know, I have no no news about that yet. But um, a lot of ideas were thrown around today, and um, I think I think there'll be something really cool coming within the next few months, like something that you really don't want to miss. If everything works out, which I really hope it will.
0: <laughs> Stay on the edge of your seat. Get ready. Hold on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm trading I'm trading this thing. Like it's its own entity sort of thing. Like this thing will need to be pushed in a way that people don't push products anymore. You know, people don't believe in their products enough uh, to, to really take these really big risks that I'm planning on taking. Um, it's one of those make or break situations that I think hopefully is going to work out in our favor. Uh, I can't see why it won't, but it'll be cool. I really think it'll be really cool.
0: So I assume that the 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 feelings that you have having at the moment, just thinking about that, is is probably driven by a lot of a lot of excitement and potential. Um, you know, more so uh-huh. than sort of uh, hesitation. It sounds like you, you know, this is this is an all in sort of approach that you're taking with the business, which makes sense because you you're quite passionate about it. There's a, there's a great story behind it, and. And, um, you know, it's something that means, means a lot to you. So I assume that that's, that's sort of the approach that you're taking this all in, let's just go for it and and see what happens.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's like one of the, one of the benefits of my character. I'm a risk taker. I've always been a risk taker, you know, um, it, if I'd rather try and fail than not try at all, you know, if. If I've thought about something and I think it's a good idea or I think it has potential, why not? Just just do it.
0: I think it's I think it's great. And um, I, I was meant to mention this earlier in the piece because one of the one of the cool things that a lot of businesses are doing these days or are starting to get better at doing is creating a really good narrative around the product and I think you haven't even touched on half of the narrative around the the business and yourself um but you've you've already been able to carve out this great sort of storyline and it makes sense just from this conversation that we're having now about about the business yeah. and the product but um you know i i read through and, on your website and read the story and your own personal challenges as well and hearing the way that you're sort of diving into this and really taking advantage of of everything that you have your opportunities the the idea the product and, and the potential there it makes a lot of sense when you think about some of the challenges that you've had in the past.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, um, to let the audience know, I, I was diagnosed with pretty aggressive bone cancer when I was about 14, 15 years old. Um, and essentially I lost all the developmental years that a teenager needs. So from, 14 15 to about 18 19 even 20 I was out of action so I had about a year of chemotherapy Uh, had stacks of surgeries I can't even remember how many surgeries I've had now Um, essentially was bedridden for yeah over a year and then I had to learn how to walk again and I, I guess, I guess that kind of really lit a fire inside me. Like as soon as I got the all clear, the first thing I did was go to Amsterdam. <laughs> like I was, I was, I was like, okay, look, it, it could end any day. Go, go and do whatever you want. Hmm. You know, I think two thousand ten was the, the the end of all my treatment. Two thousand eleven, I was already up overseas. You know, I was, I was just gone. I have to do this. I have to live. If I don't, I'll miss out. I've already missed out on so much. It's time, you know.
0: It must be a big motivation. Like, like a, just, a, it'll be a continuous motivation, no doubt. Just with everything you do in life. Now, I mean, just to hear how passionate you are about this business and this concept, this idea and this product, and the way that you're sort of describing it and the the the, the sort of the message behind it and where you hope to take it in the future. It's it just it just sounds like it's it's this is going to be. Something that always sits in the in the back of your mind, as far as this this thing that you've been through, and it's it's sort of helped you appreciate what you do have and the things that do come along in life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm always ready to go. Like there, it's been kind of ingrained in me. There's some kind of force, some kind of energy that it's just go 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 go, go do this, go do something, go do something. In, I can't not sit still. Like I can't, sorry, I can't sit still. I can't not do something because it, it, I stagnate and it's just torture for me not to do things that I care about. You know, that's why nowadays, like I, I do, I do the dumbest stuff. I mean, I, I go rock climbing in the blue mountains fairly regularly. I, I was a spear fishing, uh, enthusiast for a while. I went hunting and, you know, just, I, I do some pretty fun forward driving. You know, I just need to get that fire and you know take absolute advantage of it. And this is another, this is another outlet. This this new company that you know I have such a passion about, and the same as my music, and you know just all these little avenues that I can take to kind of live. I guess the best way to describe it.
0: I'm, I'm fired up just listening to you describe it all. I think it's, it's, so, it's so good. It's so good. And, um, uh, I must say, I think we, I think we'll have to catch up for another chat on a, on another particular podcast at some stage, because I reckon there's so much we could talk about and, and even just to dig in a little bit more about some of some of the stuff that you've been through over the years. I think people would get a lot out of hearing more of that side of the story. But, um, Nishka, I think, um, I think uh, the future's bright with this business, and congratulations on like a successful launch, from what I can see, and from what you've told me, it's, it's, it looks great, and I can't wait to, to try the product myself. I'm actually, I mean, I I'm scared shitless of, of hot food, but I'm married an Italian woman, and my palate is slowly getting better, and so uh-huh. I'm willing to I'm willing to run the gauntlet and uh, and try something a little bit hotter. So I'm um, I'm looking forward to giving it a go.
1: Well, that's the good thing about uh, the fact that I've invented three different flavors. I've got the mild, I've got the medium, and I've got the really hot one. So we'll start you on the really hot one, and then we can work (laughs) our way down.
0: (laughs) Burn me out, and then and then and then we'll we'll go from there.
1: (laughs) Sounds good, man.
0: To learn more about Mishka and Bondi Heat, click through the show notes on your podcast player or head on over to selfstarter.com.au where you'll find more details from our guest as well as my key takeaways. Number one, a premium quality product deserves premium quality content. Thanks, Mishka. (laughs) Don't take any shortcuts, folks. If you think that your product is high quality, then you should make sure that it is presented in a way that deservedly highlights it. Mishka makes no sacrifices with the visuals surrounding his product and has brought a skilled friend on board to help with the marketing and the presentation of the products. Remember that it's not you that needs convincing. It's everybody else. Spend a little bit more money and time to make sure that what you are selling looks the very best it can be. It will be worth it. Number two, who are we trying to sell this product to? Mishka's product is all about Bondi. He's grown up there, his community, his family are there, and of course the business shares the name. So it's only natural that he's targeting those in the area or identify with Bondi's lifestyle. Remember that you don't need to win every single person over. Think about that stereotypical person who would love what you're selling. Maybe they're really similar to you. Once you've worked that out, target, target, target. Number three, work with others who have the skills you don't. Mishka built the company to be a community. This is not just about him, but about everyone who works with him and is a part of it. Friends and family are really important. So for Mishka, it's only a natural move to utilize the skills from the people who mean the most to him. He will never need to do this on his own. As much as he would like to think that he can do it all, it's best to be real about our limitations and not hesitating in bringing in good and skilled people who can fill the gaps, support you, and help you to succeed. Number four, make the most of every moment. Mishka fought a really aggressive form of bone cancer when he was a teenager, and when he was all clear in 2010, he took on the attitude to make the most out of life. For a lot of us, we're quite fortunate to not have to worry about these types of challenges, but life can change dramatically at any moment. What are you going to do right now to get after what you want? Don't sit back and wait. Every single moment counts, so make the most of it. And that's a wrap. To learn more about this episode and previous ones, check out selfstarter.com.au. If you want to have a squeeze at my other podcast, the Andy Social Podcast or the band Lord, or anything else that's happening in my world, you can go over to AndyDowling.net. Really looking forward to having you back for the next episode of Selfstarter. Larry. Larry, please.